Hi, and welcome to the Still Telling It Like It Is program. Remember, Monday I do the Tell It Like It Is program, the Kingdom Way. Tuesday I do the Really Telling It Like It Is. And then Wednesday, Apostle Barry and I get to still tell it like it is. So be sure and catch Apostle Marshall this week. And then Tony Mason, who uh, brought forth a couple of his songs. It's powerful that we, what we did on Tuesday yesterday. And now today, we're going to be able to hear a continuation of what it is that Apostle Barry and I started last week. So welcome my co-host, Apostle Barry Cook. Dr. Oh, Baker. I forgot to tell you who I am. Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. <laughs> that is her, who is really a doctor. Yeah. And, and listen, I want to tell you something, Dr. B, since you struggled in the last show there with uh, MML means mission minded leader. I just messing because, you know, some folks in a group I'm with, you know, kind of making fun of people using their titles. You know, I think it was a little jealousy. But anyway, <laughs> I know I'm picking right now. But anyway, if, I, I'm if just you don't have that book. If you do not have that book, mission minded leaders, then you need to get it right now. Our congregation is all of the people that have been licensed, all of the licensed people, uh, I think all of the people, the leadership people, whatever, I think there's 12 of them right now in this particular thing. And we meet once a month, but they have to meet uh, uh, within that time. And all of them, we, are, we have one book that we are going through and we're going through mission-minded leaders. And this is powerful. Last, uh, we had our meeting on Resurrection Sunday night and it was a powerful meeting. So uh, this, this book is not one you can just read through and say, oh, I read the book and put down, but uh, you can get it on uh, uh, Amazon, and whatever, uh, or on the website, love-unity.org, love-unity.org and whatever it is, this book is worth getting. I mean, I have all of our ministers, uh, you know, anyone that I license, anyone that we're doing, this is a book that they have to go through. Then they have to learn how to team together, how to work together. They got to have projects that they're doing together Beautiful. that I have nothing to do with. Pastor Lonzine has nothing to do with. They're doing that. They're bringing forth what it is yeah. that they did with that. This book, yeah. I tell you, pastors, uh, apostles, uh, evangelists, uh, teachers, all of you, prophets, all of you, you need to get this book. This is a book that, uh, you know, and then bring your leaders forth. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very, you know, it's very powerful. So anyway, I just needed to say that. So Barry, you need to get that book. Apostle Barry did that book. So <laughs> I need, I need y'all to get it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. believing believe yeah. the Lord. Anyway, we started last week on apostolic input and we were talking about the church being in various phases of development and how that we've kind of come to a spot where, okay, apostles, all right, maybe they're not all bozos or controlling freaks or on power trips or just want me to kiss their ring or, you know, get offended if I don't use their title every time I see them or, you know, many of the other, um, 
crazy selfish things that people do in the name of the apostolic. And there's many, many more. And some of y'all could probably fill in the blanks with some, but that's not our focus today because we're not, we don't need to focus on uh, the things that uh, haven't developed yet fully. <laughs> we need to focus on where we're headed. And, um, and, and we left off last time talking about the church is at a place where now it's kind of like it's open. It's saying, okay, well, I won't let me hear the input. I, I'm hearing the difference. I hear these guys. I hear what they're saying. I, I hear, um, you know, where they're coming from. The, I hear the language. I see the anointing, you know, they carry. I, I hear the revelation, like they're talking about foundational things, but it's just coming from such a different spot. And I see it more clearly. We also talked about last week how, in the basics of the apostolic, you know, their concern in the church is. And what makes people apostolic at their very core is that they encompass all five, not that that they're masters at it, <laughs> because there's going to be better evangelists. I mean, I know lots of I evangelize and will do it at the drop of a hat anytime, all the time, and have no issues with it. But I'm not an evangelist. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's a difference. There's guys that wake up with ideas on how to do things every day while they're talking to you about something else. They take a note, oh, that reminds me of a way I can evangelize. I mean, that's how real evangelists are. And if you've never met one like that, you hadn't met one yet because they they don't matter where they're from around the globe. They're all like that. They are just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go. Okay, we're going out today. No, we're going over here. We're doing, well, when are we going out? You know, it's like, well, I, can I go ahead while y'all are having that meeting and go out? Yeah, go ahead, brother. Bring some people back to the service. Because, I, you know, people know you have to be in here. And then they're miserable, tired, and all that kind of stuff. And then they don't bring, you know, go get them. Bring them in here tonight. But you better bring. Bring bring some. I will. I will, Pastor. I will. All right. How many are you going to get tonight? Oh, and you can't ask normal people that. You're all about goals. And you can't say that. And that's putting pro- You tell an evangelist that, they'll say, just bring, bring two. I'll bring five. That's how they think. And and the problem, the reason it offends some guys is because they don't even understand how evangelists think. Needless to say, they're not thinking that way. Then how can you pastor them? You can't. That's why you leave them out. You don't know what to say to them. You don't know how to talk their language. You don't know how they... I'm talking about apostolic things, see? Because, see, and I'm not talking about I have to be one. That's the same with pastoral. See, guys in the apostolic all the time. We got on this last time. It's a beef, so that's why I'm back on it again. But mine, but you know, well, I'm not pastoral. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a apostle, but I'm not really prophetic. It's like, dude, you, if you didn't understand it and have the experience of it, you wouldn't even be on an assignment of an apostle. I mean, it's impo- you got to ha- God. Every authentic one ever in history comes through those things. People say Apostle Paul didn't. Yes, he did. I mean, everybody did in that book. They they might not have stayed a pastor, but they learned about it. How many churches did Paul plant? People, come on. People say that kind of stuff. I'm like, are you reading the same book I'm reading? No, they're picking pieces out of it, you know. And that's why it's good to learn the book. Anyway, you know, and we talked about Paul going in out of Acts chapter 20 and how he was giving them instructions, trying to prepare them, giving them apostolic input, how to how to prepare for what was coming up. He went through and we started going down through. This is how we talked to him prophetically. This is how he was teaching them. This is how he was speaking to them pastorally. And, you know, we kind of left off on 
I think it was like Acts 20 around uh, verse 28 or so. And, and I'll just read this part it says, um, verse 27, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And, and this is where he said, I've not hesitated to preach the full counsel of God, you know, but I preached everything. I didn't just preach certain subjects. I, I, I preached it all. I even preached Romans chapter one, as we were talking about last time. Well, which could really be preached today uh, with persecutions, but it's the full counsel of God. Uh, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, you know, in over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. That's an interesting phrase in itself. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one that made you an overseer. <laughs> I mean, he should have, which means he wants to have say over what you do. And all the Holy Spirit is going to do is say what God has said to him to say, because that's what the Holy Spirit said. He will teach you all things. He will tell you all about me. He'll tell you all things the Father said. He'll tell you all things. I, he'll remind you of those things. So he's not just trying to bring up a bunch of new stuff, you know, to keep you going. He's trying to remind you of the things and to give you insight over what has been spoken and what is continuing to expand and, and to feed the church of God, which he's purchased, not to entertain him. I mean, I'm glad you had a slippery slide on Easter, but it isn't about no slippery slide. I mean, if that was an evangelism tool, that's good. But if you didn't throw the net after you got that slippery slide and had the helicopter drop eggs all over and got in the newspaper and you didn't even throw a, a, a net of salvation, uh, that's that's just um, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's a terrible example of church, and it's a terrible example to our next generations. Throw the net or sit down. Hallelujah. That's my opinion. <laughs> He purchased it with his blood. His own blood purchased what we're doing and we call ministry. His blood purchased it. Sorry about that. I'm getting getting good. For I know this, that after my departure, grievous wolves will enter from among you. <laughs> Lord Jesus. And, and sparing not the flock. Meaning after I'm gone, people are going to rise up. And in verse 30, he says, for your own sake shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples unto themselves. You know, then he tells them, therefore watch and remember. Remember what I taught you. Remember how I was with you. These are phenomenal exhortations that he gave. And it happens all the time all around us. <laughs> you know, he reminded them of the apostolic lifestyle. And this is where we left off. So Paul gave them a model, a ministry of lifestyle, of, pers uh, of, of perseverance, of, of even as he talked about, as I spoke last time, he, he saw, talked about his own temptations, you know, and how I was, how I was honest and I shared with you and I taught you even through my stuff, what to do and how to do it. You know, and, and he reminded them of the standard he had to hold himself to so that in the future years, uh, there would come a test and continue to come a test against the church. This is nothing new. I mean, everybody talking about end times, I'm thinking, well, I mean, you're no help. All you do is like a news reporter. You just, you know, convey something that, that's been said. You don't, you're not, a, you don't influence. I think that's why we got so many influencers because God was trying to say, hey, knuckleheads, how come y'all not influencing? How come these bozos over here are influencing everybody on how to dance stupid dances and you won't take advantage of it and influence people for other things? 
you know, and then when we got to say something, all we got to say is, well, are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? You know, it's like, and there's so much more. Talk out of your life. Preach principles that work. Talk about things. Give people will listen to it. I mean, they're all over. Listen, I know preachers that have millions of followers on, on TikTok videos and they're covering hard subjects and, and their predominant listeners are 20 and below. What? Even their own church people won't don't like the message. Seasoned supposedly people in their church are embarrassed by the messages. But the kids are wanting to know because they're left with holes. Nobody's given an answer for anything. So apostles are come along and they lay a plumb line down and they talk about, you know, okay, this is what the, this is where this lays, not just this is what the Bible says, and you know, so we have to do what it says, like some cruel master. That's not a presentation of a, a minister of light. You know, he's not done processing yet if that's how he sees it. He should ask the Lord, God, process me till I change this. <laughs> the church of Ephesus was continually cared for by various apostolic figures. That's one of the interesting things about Ephesus church. Some of the other ones went through nominal leadership changes, but that Ephesus church kept that apostolic pace setter. First, it was Paul. Then it was Timothy. You know, they had Apostle John as an elder at the church at Ephesus. And he was released, uh, you know, uh, from the Isle of Patmos. And, and, and the apostolic input continued to provide steps for the, uh, the churches and the ministries and the people to move forward. Now, Paul always talked about a couple things. He always talked about relaying apostolic foundations. And these are scary words to some people because they think it means all this uh, legalistic stuff, but not biblically. Um, and establishing apostolic doctrines is number two. And number three is this, uh, building apostolic structure, um, which would be, you know, uh, the third thing. So relaying apostolic foundations, relaying apostolic doctrine and building apostolic structure. And, and you know, I say the reason I said that is because like, a doctrine, well, everybody's got their own opinion. I'm not talking about add-ons. How many times do you hear me say that, Dr. Becker? All the time. I'm not talking about add-ons. I'm talking about the doctrines clearly laid out by Christ and the apostles concerning Christ. And all, well, I, you know, there's arguments over this and there's arguments over that. I understand. I understand. Then, then maybe if it's that surface, you, you're, you're settling for something you're, that didn't really matter as much. You know, well, did I get baptized in the name of Jesus? or in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's like saying, do I say abracadabra, or do I say huda baha sina? Huda baha sina. Well, I say huba daha sina as an ancient arithmetic rendering for what, you know, oh my God, you've got the special. You are the one. All of that is stupid. I know I'm going to make somebody mad. I don't care. That's what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Let's go. I don't want to make nobody mad. I do care. But I'm just saying, people, I mean, if you're in Christ, is that not enough? If you're bringing people to Christ, why? 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 Now we're going to fight. Oh, Lord. It's dumb. It's so dumb. You know, the, the senior pastor, the leaders of the church, the leaders of a ministry had to relay foundations, you know, for for greater manifestation of God life in a congregation. 
I mean, some of you are like, well, I don't think we have to do that. And I think that's meddling. Oh, really? Okay. Let me tell you the difference. You teach somebody what happens during praise and worship from the scriptures. And you teach all the principles about what praise does, how it affects the enemy, how it affects you, how it affects God, what it ha- what the causatives are, the things that occur when we're aligned correctly, when we're not praising right, when we are praising right, according to scriptures that they was taught from Old Testament to New Testament. Then we learn very clearly apostolic doctrines of praise. See, that's what I mean by apostolic doctrines. And And that's something that's consistent. Holiness, whether you like it or don't like it, goes from Genesis to Revelations. In the Old Testament, it worked one way. And in the New Testament, it was still an important part. But the primary element of this that you have to understand is from the Old Testament, the word holiness dealt with turning from something. In the New Testament, the the word holiness that's rendered, you can look it up in the Greek. I mean, any concordance, Strong's or Thayer's or whatever it is, talks about uh, being consecrated to God. So the the word holiness means unto the Lord. So it's, it's, his answer to our struggles are keep pursuing me. I, I gave you an open door. I rent the bell. All you got to do is keep coming by faith, trust in my grace, and you keep coming. You keep entering in. I'm going to keep touching you. You're going to keep getting more. You're going to start to be changed. That's how it works. You know, and he conquers those things in us, you know, with his love and his grace and his conviction. So we have to learn to lay the foundations, to relay the foundations in a new and fresh manner. I mean, how many times do I say, Dr. Baker, we have to redefine everything, just redefine it because people have an idea you know, move of God. Okay. We got this idea, you know, and, uh, you know, I tease around with stuff like that time. Sometimes when I say, well, God's really everywhere at all times. So it's technically inaccurate to say there's a move of God, because if he's everywhere at all times, then the only thing that determines whether he moves or not is, is someone pulling on that stopping and pulling on heaven. And then that determines it. So it puts it back on us instead of God. So if God moves, he'll move in us because we move because he's always moving. And if he's standing still, then he can't be everywhere. So, but he is still and he's moving. That's the thing about God. He's in all places. He's already been in the past. He's already in the present. He's already been in the future. So is he moving or did he move already? I mean, both probably (laughs) he's God, you know, but the point of that is, is, is there are times when things seem to occur um, sovereignly in a meeting, but I'll tell you what, If they do, it's God saying, come on, people, please. You know, I put this in my word. I said, put on a garment of praise for spirit of the heavens, lift your hand. I said that, um, you know, my presence will fall on you. (laughs) I said, you know, when you praise, you put your hands on the neck. I said, when you praise your heart from your heart and not just lift your hands, when you lift your voice unto the Lord like a trumpet, I'll shatter the enemy's gate. What the heck? These are clear, clear scriptures, but the maturity of the believer has to come to a place that unites with the word and it gives birth to faith. And then that will cause a move of God. Ain't rocket science, baby. But that's the word. Acts 19, Paul came on. I talked about this last time. He gave him an upgrade. You know, he came in preaching. They said, we don't know about no baptism in the Holy Spirit. We know about baptism of John. Baptism unto 
repentance. That's another spot. Yes, you do have to repent. Repentance is built in everything. I mean, repent. I'm why you don't have to repent to come to Jesus. But why would you even say that? I mean, if you come to Jesus, you're coming to repent of leaning on yourself and uh, making, you know, not every little detailed sin like some of them religious enthusiasts are all about. You got to list everyone. No, you don't, you nosy rat. Step back. You know, I feel like sometime they're going to be like um, Dalai Lama over there having kids suck their tongue. And you know, what the heck? I mean, perversions everywhere. I ain't cute. You need to stop that mess, especially now, especially right now. You know, he ain't listening to the Holy Spirit. Anyway, Acts 19, you can see Paul was relaying foundations in the Ephesus church, making sure they understood you got to progress. If you got that down, you got to take the next thing on. If you get that down, you got to take the next thing on. If you get that down, you got to take the next. People getting mad because folks are experiencing deliverance in their churches for the I don't want deliverance. And, you know, I don't think it's time for that. If they haven't built it in their church, then they might need to do it. Knock, knock. Maybe it's their season. You already built it in you, but maybe they need to build it in them. And if you haven't, and it just embarrasses you, well, you should feel convicted then if someone else brings it into church. The problem is, is we get on kicks with things and we keep doing them and doing them and doing them and doing them and don't realize they're just supposed to be built in. Once they're built in, then they have to be synergistically added to the whole in their part. Okay. Here is what, here, <laughs> I know it, I know it, but here is what it is that I'm hearing. You just spoke, they said, uh, uh, I just heard it in the spirit realm where people are saying, give me Bible. He said, line up online, he'll change your perception from that perception to this perception and repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is, okay, we go ahead and say metanoia. We go ahead and do all of these things. But what we're talking about is changing a mind. We're talking about, okay, no longer do I have mine, but I have his. When you build line upon line, what happens to the line? It doesn't go anywhere. And what you just said is something that I think that uh, uh, is so missing that people are not retaining. Okay, we have we have uh, deliverance. We have this. We have healings. We have a healing time. We have this. We have this. But it's not built into the foundation. And if it's not built into the foundation, then it falls apart. Yeah, we could be talking about intercession. We could be talking about fasting. We could be talking about worship. We could be talking about serving. We could be talking about giving. We could be talking about, you know, being right in your family, handling yourself right. And, you know, one of the interesting things that the early church fathers often taught was when they taught on um, repentance, you know, re, re to go back to, to return, to go back to something. And and the word um um, uh, repentance, repentance is com comes from the word pentacle. So you're returning to an original state. So it's that returning to original design. So when you say, God, I'm sorry for acting this way, you, you're saying is it's contrary from the original state you created me to walk into. So repentance is returning to your original designed state you know, repent the pinnacle, the highest place you could return to. So repentance is when you turn back to that spot. Now, yeah, we keep walking it out and walking it out and continuing. And that's what grace is all about and everything. But that's why we say grace isn't just to cover these things. Grace is to empower you to continue forward. 
So grace gives you a, you know, picks you back up, brushes you off, loves on you, talks to you about what you did wrong, you know, reapproaches you about repentance because repentance then will open the door again to a flood of grace to keep you moving on your journey. The grace factor. I wrote a book on it a long time ago. It's on Amazon too. But anyway, <laughs> um, this type of leader, it's a kingdom leader, and this type of anointing begins to fall on leadership teams and ultimately uh, upon the whole church. And I have witnessed this myself. Can I throw, can I throw this in there? You just yeah. said something. You just backed up. I mean, you just said something. You said this kind of leader is a kingdom leader. We got to uh, 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 distinguish between that just plain Christian leader and that kingdom leader. There's a uh, th there's a, a, a disconnect because a Christian leader sometimes feel like they can do what they want to do. Yeah. Because they're a Christian. It's Christianese crap. But one that's a kingdom realize that they're an ambassador and that they can only do, they can only speak and be in that, that place that he established. They can only be. Uh, what the king is saying, because it's not his place. It's not his, it's not his kingdom. It's God's kingdom. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That is the center of civilization for the believer. That is our core. You want to do some core work? <laughs> it ain't your stomach and lower back, baby. It's uh, your core work is seeking first. It's doing thinking monitoring, checking, designing, critiquing, encouraging yourself to keep the core of the kingdom of God in your life. And again, I am not just talking about, I, I'm like, I'm not talking about all this religious stuff. I'm talking about you keep praise mixed with the word in faith. That's keeping a principle. That's keeping the kingdom principle. You know, you, you whether you got crappy, uh, bad praise and worship or not, you know, whether, you know, you're in a place that even, you know it and you understand it and you know the value of it. And it's the same way with the type of preaching. Well, I don't have to say, I understand, but you got to know in your spirit, even if you're in an environment that you don't have anything better directly around you. I'm just saying there is a place in you that has to know and not just relinquish it. And that's keeping the kingdom first. I mean, I, I'm a, the old stories as grandmas used to tell and, and old grandfathers used to tell about how, you know, I came to this church. There was nobody here on fire for the Lord. You know, there was three or four of us that used to meet and just pray for the pastor. We pray for the church and then we begin to see salvations. And then, you know, we're praying, oh God, give us good leaders, develop the leaders up in us, you know, and God began to send people and they were so anointed and full of love and the church. And then our you know, we begin to pray more and keep it going. And then we stopped and the church started going through all these couples. So we gathered again and, you know, we didn't make a big deal out of it. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't brag about it. We just pray and we watch God move in that church. It was so wonderful. You know, 27 years. We, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, you know, that's some, that's, that's folks that carried the church through, meaning they heard propaganda from the pulpit. They heard patter from the pulpit. But they was like, mm, them groanings come up on them. Mm. You know, that was giving those eyes to each other like, mm. oh, that preacher liberal. We're going to have to cast that devil out of him, you know. But they're not going to say nothing. They're going to be polite. They're going to hold themselves. And they're gonna, not going to gossip, but they're going to pray. 
you know, right. and, and, and I, I need to quit here. You got, about thir- you got about, look at your clock. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> the type of nature, existing work, listen, it's going to depend on the circle, the above circle flow of the dominant anointing. That's what comes down across the people. That's why we got to double check and whatever the leader does will be exemplified. So if the leader is is like me, I, I'm always say things like this. So I have to constantly, you know, say, it's like, guys, you know, that's part of that's my personality. It probably wasn't the best way to say it. You know, sometimes I'm just ma- taking jabs, but, you know, I, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just, you know, be, trying to be me and find that place where I can get my message across. I didn't ever say that because by God, they need to receive me how I am. And they, they don't understand me that, but I just learned, you know, I'm jacking folks up that don't know. And, but once they learn and they learn personalities, like, Oh, he's crazy. You know, whatever, let, you know, you know, you know, but, too, but we, we got, we got less than five seconds. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just saying we've got to be open to apostolic input. We've got to continue to be aware and, and allow these things to happen and grow forward. And that's the main thing I'm trying to do. We have to bring these areas of truth to revelation in our own lives, you know. And, and send in uh, info, send in things that you want Apostle Barry to continue on that. This is Apostle Baker, J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and Apostle Barry Cook, who is here. Uh, if you want to give into the ministry, the information is on the screen. Uh, we'll be here same time, same station next week when we're here still telling it like it is. And I want him to continue right there, and he will have that same anointing. So join us. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Kingdom First TV, your station for kingdom inspiration.